There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews Podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Are you okay? Well, uh, the day is approaching. Um, actually, it's tomorrow when we will be allowed to have people in our house for the first time, which is very exciting. That's the sort of the next stage of regulations in the UK at the time of recording. Of course, it could all change again, but that's where we are at the moment. And so I have planned to have my parents over for lunch. Very exciting. First time they've been inside the house for, is it 14 months, something like that? I don't know. And when I phoned my mother up to invite her, I have to admit, I did think there might be a sort of, oh, we can't wait to see you. Oh, we can't wait to have lunch with you and the family. Oh, this is going to be lovely. No. What she said was, oh, I can't wait to see the sofas. <laughs> so so that's where we are. We're waiting for her, for them to come tomorrow to see the sofas. That's very exciting. Not anyway. There we go. Um, I don't know. Oh, now there's a lot. There is a lot to pack in today. I've got a plethora of books, a really good book interview, and I've got some information. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, the first thing I need to do, see, I'm turning over my piece of paper like a proper newsreader. The first thing to tell you about is the lovely Facebook group. They are busy reading away. We have got Anne reading Left You Dead by Peter James, Lauren reading Dear NH. NHS, 100 Stories to Say Thank You, edited by Adam Kay. We've got Ellen reading The Holdout by Graham Moore, like that book. Rach is reading The Bird Watcher by William Shaw, love that book. David is reading Cry Baby by Mark Billingham, of course, who we had on last week, which was superb. Uh, Leslie's reading Dangerous Women by Hope Adams. That looks a good book. I want to read it. Um, Rowena's reading The Kind Worth Killing by Peter Swanson. I have that book, so I need to read it. Laura's reading The Whole Truth by Cara Hunter. Hope you are enjoying that one. Fiona's reading Exit by Belinda Bauer. Now, that's interesting because one of the books I'm going to be reviewing today is that very book exit. So there we go. Great minds, Fiona. Uh, Julie's reading Wild Girls by Phoebe Morgan. Fantastic. Um, 
uh, what else have we got? We've got jo- Johan is reading The Rumour by Leslie Carr. Of course, we've had Leslie on the show. And Kate is reading Knife Edge by uh, Simon Mayo. And Katie came out with this fantastic hashtag, Philippa made me buy it. Obviously, I'm not making you buy things, but there are such wonderful books about. I just have to tell you about them. Uh, Hyde is reading Albatross by Terry Fallis. Victoria is reading The Confession by Jesse Burton. And Claire is reading The Woman in the Window by AJ Finn. Now, before we get on to books and what books we're covering and other important points, there are two other things I need to remember to say. First of all, um, I've promised last week and I'm going to do this. If there is a a review on Apple iTunes, I'm going to sort of read it out and thank the the author of that review. So if you don't mind, I know it's really cheeky, but it does make such a difference just going on to Apple iTunes and putting in a review hopefully a nice one I'd be ever so grateful and the other thing is I've got a Spotify playlist get me so I find there are times when I struggle to focus on reading and I've um, got a playlist now that I've worked on that I only play when I'm reading so I don't listen to it at any other time and it's kind of helped condition my brain that when it hears that music, it knows it's reading time, whether I'm in the bath or just sitting or if there's noise around and I've got it on my headphones. And so I thought, hang on, I could share this with you. So if you're interested um, and if you have a Spotify account, go into it, put in the QuickBook reviews and you'll you'll get the podcast, but you'll also get the reading playlist. Um, I'd love to know what you think about it. Let me know. It's just a bit of fun, um, but it's one I use very regularly. It's not got, there are no words in the songs. There's nothing to take your mind away, I hope, from what you're reading. Um, But yes, just a bit of fun. Go and have a look and see what you think. And I'd love to know. So that's all very good. Now, I've mentioned there's a bit of announcement, a bit of a news flash, and that's because there are some changes afoot for the podcast. Now, you're not going to know this, but this is the last episode of the podcast for two months. I'm going to have a bit of a break to recharge my batteries and to spend some time reading books. But you're not you're not going to experience that two month gap because I record the podcast two months in advance and I just think it's too far in advance. And I always did that because I was worried that I would get ill or something would happen and I would miss some of the episodes. And as I say, I just think it's got out of hand. It's too far in advance. And so I'm going to be recording now um, a week in advance. That's all it's going to be. So I get a couple of months off, but you won't know. Then the next episode you hear will be next week. I hope so. Um, but it it will have been recorded just a week before. And so that means I can include a lot, a lot more up to date information and special deals. I can cover the Facebook group much more about points that they're talking about there. Um, and even even if I only read one book and even if a calamity happens and the, the author's ill and can't do the interview, I'm not going to sweat about it. Well, I probably am going to get really stressed about it, but I'm not. I'm just going to carry on. There are always different things I can talk to you about that's happening in the book world. So it's going to be a bit of an adventure, I think. Oh, and the other thing is I've always tried just to interview an author once, even if they're coming up with new books. I did interview Phoebe Morgan twice. She's the only one, but that's because we interviewed her once in her sort of editor-publisher role and then the other as an author. Um, But actually, again, I think, well, you've really enjoyed listening to some of the authors, certainly from the feedback I've had. And if they've come up with another book that sounds just as interesting, then 
I'd be I'd be mad. I'd be crazy not to invite them back on. So we're going to be doing a bit more of that. And we've got some fantastic authors lined up uh, for you in August. So that's that's very exciting as well. So that's where we are. Big changes. Well, I mean, as I say, it won't be a massive change for you. I just think it should be more useful because, you know, if there is an announcement, we want to talk about it. If there is a special deal, I want to be able to tell you about it. Um, and I just think it needs to be a bit more vibrant. And uh, yes, so there we go. And in those two months, dare we think how many books <laughs> I will have read and how many I want to tell you about. I'm going to have to just sort of sl slow it down a bit. Um, but yes, I think it will be very good. I think I'm going to miss you so much that two months will probably be too long and uh, I'll have to, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. I'll just turn the microphone on and talk to myself. <laughs> that's fine. I suppose that's what I'm doing actually now. I never thought about it like that. But, you know, I always think about you all when I'm chatting away. So anyway, I th I've, I've wandered down a, a road uh, where there is a dead end and I'm just going to have to reverse myself out and get onto these books because, again, because I'm not going to be recording for a while, there are quite a few books that I need to cover, some of which I've been promising the authors or the publishers that I will review if I think they're up to it, of course. Um, and so this is really a sort of um, a wiping up, a, um, a making use of the opportunity of being able to talk to you. So we do have a lot of books. We've got seven books this week, I'm afraid, and that is a lot. But there are some really good ones. And that's why I thought, no, come on, we can do it if we work together, can't we? So the first book is Cecily by Annie Garthwaite. Um, now, this is not your normal sort of commercial fiction crime book. This is not it. But if you have loved reading historical books, if you like reading a book where uh, it changes your perception of a particular period of time, if you are a fan of, say, Hilary Mantel, this book is going to be there. I foresee that this book is going to be massive. Um, and I'm aware of some of the some of the journey that Annie has gone through to get this book written. Um, and uh, I can't wait to talk to her about that. But yeah, it's it, it's a, a book in a class of its own, I would say. Yes, it's historical and it's very detailed. So if that isn't for you, that that's fine. I don't want to sort of misrepresent the book. Um, but in terms of historical fiction, it's it's extraordinary. Very, very good. And I feel my brain cells have grown significantly. There's been a great multiplication of brain cells as I have read this book. And it's it's given me a real view on feminism at that time. Well, maybe not feminism, but the power of some women um, or not at that time and the impact of um whether you could have children or not and uh, just all sorts of things it's right let me read you the blurb here you go you are born high but marry a traitor's son you bear him 12 children carry his cause and bury his past you play the game against enemies who wish you ashes slowly you rise you are cecily but when the king who governs you proves unfit what then loyalty or treason death may follow both the board is set. Time to make your first move. I mean, how good does that sound? Makes me want to read it all over again. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, a really astonishing work of historical fiction. And I have no doubt that there are going to be awards flying in the direction of this book. Um, so if you ha if you are a fan of, say, the Hilary Mantel books, I'm using that as the example because it's the, it's the most well known. Although I think this might pip it to the post. But anyway, so if you're a fan of that or you know someone who is, this is the book, I would say. Um, it's, uh, it's compelling. Cecily by Annie Garthwaite. I think we should talk to Annie right now. So Annie Garthwaite, author of the wonderful Cecily, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Cecily is a person who it feels like she's been with you for some time. Why, why did you want to tell her story? Uh, when you say some time, really a long time, I first encountered Cecily when I was at school in my teenage years. And that is longer ago than I'd like to confess, to be fair. And I became interested in Cecily, I guess, through her son, Richard III, the infamous and famous Richard III. I was studying the Wars of the Roses in school. And I think my history teacher realized he had someone who was vaguely interested <laughs> and just bombarded me with, with history and with history books and with novels too. And, uh, and I fell passionately in love with Richard III. It was my teenage crush. <laughs> And there were some fabulously powerful and strong women at that time. But it always seemed to me there was one woman that I wasn't seeing, that, that, that I was missing, and that was Richard's mother, Cecily. And she's really been hidden in the shadows, and I was very determined to bring her out. Wonderful. Well, although, you know, she's real and the book is historically accurate, I'm just interested, and I probably know the answer to this, but I'm interested in why you wanted to tell this through a book of fiction rather than non-fiction? Uh, my interest in history has always been fueled by novels mm. from the very get-go. And going back to my history teacher, I think that was what, that was his magic, I think, because he just started throwing novels across the desk at me and I would go away and read them voraciously because what we want from history is to understand the people, what they thought, what they felt, why they did the things that they did. And when you're looking as far back in history as the 14th, 15th century, and particularly when you're looking at women whose lives are largely undocumented, there are huge gaps in what we actually know. For a novelist to be able to apply an imagination to those bare facts and draw inferences and conclusions that's really rich territory, I think. At that time, there was so much more to women than, than you might think. I, I found it stunning. I think, that's, I think that's so important. I think we have this, I think romantic historical fiction in the past has given us a very one-dimensional view of the role that women played in the Middle Ages. And mostly in those books, women are sitting around waiting for a man on a big white charger to come and rescue them from whatever fate they're in. And you know, that simply wasn't the case. Women like Cecily, particularly aristocratic women, had really an enormous amount of power and responsibility and influence, much more so than perhaps their Victorian counterparts. You know, the, the, the emancipation of women hasn't been a smooth curve. It's had its ups and downs. And in many ways, during the Middle Ages, women had 
quite a lot more rights and capabilities than you would expect. And a woman like Cecily, who was, you know, running a huge estate. And, you know, what, what, what were the women doing when the guys were off at war and doing whatever they were doing? They were running the show back home. Mm. And if you were running the Duchy of York, well, that's not unlike running a FTSE 200 company today. You know, with the amount of staff you have, the financial management that you have, the legal responsibilities that you have, and so on. So these women were not sitting around doing their embroidery. They were they were women of business. It's about the game playing, um, sort of the sovereign of parliament. It, I found it extraordinary, the, the politics of it. I mean, you think politics is, is bad enough now, but the politics then and, and the, the changing favours of people, I, I thought you really drew that out in the story. Yes, and the danger of it all, the absolute mm. danger and risk. And if you think of Cecily's life, you know, she, she lived for 80 years, which is a very long measure of time by anyone's accounting, particularly at that time. And she was born in 1415, which is the year of Agincourt and once more into the breach and all of that. And she lived right through to the early years of the Tudors. For much of that time, she was one of, if not the most powerful and important women in England. And she was always at the heart, the political heart of what was going on. And this was one of the most tumultuous periods in English history. And she was right at the centre of all of that. She's the only major protagonist of the Wars of the Roses to survive from the very beginning to the very end of them. She put two of her sons on the throne. She led her family through a civil war. She played the game with such skill and artistry that, you know, the politicians of today wouldn't be able to hold a candle to her, I don't think. She's certainly a, a survivor and a, such a strong, focused woman. Does, does, she, does she sort of sit with you? Has she made you stronger or have you made Cecily stronger? I'm interested in the dynamics between the two of you. It's really interesting, isn't it? I mean... I've wanted to write this book since I was a girl and I'm now a woman in my late fifties. And I'm so glad I waited to write her until now because my life experience as a woman growing up in a male dominated world has really enriched my understanding of Cecily. And, you know, I think this is so important for, for women, particularly young women today, we, we need to reclaim, as women, we need to reclaim our heritage and our history. We need to reclaim these strong women who've been airbrushed out of history. And every woman that we reclaim in this way is, is, a, is a victory, really. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, we want to see and understand the blood and the birthings and the effort and the politicking that women, you know, our foremothers have done in order to advance themselves and their families. And yeah, there's been enough airbrushing out of history and it's time to reclaim, reclaim these women. I think I have to say that, that the way that Cecily has been ignored for the last five or 600 years, I, put a, I lay a lot of the blame at Shakespeare's door. <laughs> um, we know that Shakespeare didn't do any great favors for Cecily's son, Richard III, but he didn't do any great favours for Cecily either. Whenever she appears in his history plays, she's very old, she's very pious, 
she has no agency or power and she just frankly she's rather dull and I think because of that that's 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 the understanding of Cecily that has been handed down to us and it is absolutely not the case and she's a fascinating political hard-hitting woman who fought tooth and nail for her family as well as doing all of these political things and these dynastic things you know she raised 12 children how hard was it getting all the research just spot on and knowing that you were dealing with um as factual a a, a statement as you could i guess um, the research has been terrifying but i guess in a way you could say that i've been researching this book for 40 years because i've been and, and more because i've been interested in this period for so long and i've been reading everything that i could lay my hands on throughout that time but then a really serendipitous thing did happen. So until 2017, there hadn't even been a biography of Cecily, you know, a historical biography of that. So much has been ignored. But then in 2017, just when I was seriously buckling down to write the book, um, a biography was published by a lady called Joanna Lanesmith, an academic historian. And I got in touch with her and she very kindly agreed to meet me for lunch. And we met for lunch and we talked through to dinner and we just talked and talked. We really hit it off. And she's been an amazing support to me through the writing of the book. And I was able to check some facts with her and, and um, you know, really talk through some of the details. But I, yes, it's, it's, it's a terrifying responsibility. And I did make that promise to myself that I wouldn't play fast and loose with history. You know, if... If we know something to be true, if we know something to be have happened, to have happened, I'm not going to pretend that it didn't. Um, so yes, being true to the historical fact was very important to me and to make the book credible. But even within that, there are so many gaps and inconsistencies in what we know. There's plenty of territory for the, for the novelist's imagination to run wild. And the book opens with the, the scene of, um, and I'm not giving anything away to the plot, but with uh, Joan of Arc when she, that's a very well-known scene when she's, she's burned alive. And I thought that was brilliant because for me, it served two roles. It told me about Cecily and how she reacted and felt during that awful scene. Um, and it also helped me as a, a, as a pretty stupid historian um, to place her in time. Yeah, I was absolutely thrilled when I, put pieces of the jigsaw together and realized that Cecily was almost certainly present for the burning of Joan of Arc. And it's a great place to start the novel because as you say, it tells us, it, it enables us to say a lot about Cecily's strength of character very quickly. But it also allows us to demonstrate right at the start of the novel, the very dangerous political consequences that lie in wait for a woman who sets herself against power. You know, Joan of Arc was 19 years old when she was burnt at the stake. Cecily was 16 years old when she watched it happen. Her husband and all of the men that she knew were part of the decision, you know, part of the decision to condemn Joan and have her burned. And, I, and you just have to wonder what a young woman at the beginning of her life observing that would think 
and how that would influence her later actions. It's it's an extraordinary start and the, the cover is extraordinary as well. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Were you were you involved in that? I'm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I wasn't, do you know, I think in words, I do not think in pictures. And um, my editor asked me if I had any ideas about what I wanted to see on the cover of the book. And I, and I really didn't. I had a long list of things that I didn't want to see on the cover of the book. And I guess my overall statement to my editor was, I said, I don't want it to look like traditional historical romantic fiction mm. I want it to look temporary and I want it to really give us a sense of Cecily's power and that was as much of a brief as I gave or was asked to give so that was wonderful and then when I saw the cover I was completely blown away by it because it was not at all what I expected. I don't know what I did expect, but I certainly didn't expect that. And I just spent a day looking at it and falling in love with it. And I, I just I have to say I am beyond happy with the cover and the response to it has been just great. And how does it feel? Because um, we're recording this uh, a couple of months before publication, but it will be out at, at the week of publication. How how does it feel as you're getting nearer to that day? I still can't quite believe it, actually. I still expect to sort of wake up in the shower and discover that it's all been a dream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's an amazing mixture of sort of elation and 
and excitement but, and some nervousness, of course, because this story has lived for so long in my head and, and is so important to me that I'm really, really fascinated to hear what other people will make of it. And I just really want people to be as admiring of Cecily as I am. You know, she was by no means a perfect woman. She was difficult and she was flawed. And you might say that she did some terrible things, but my God, she was there and she got things done. And she was just relentlessly good at holding her nerve and such courage really. And I think that's what, that's what we need as women today. We need examples. We need to know that throughout history, there have been strong women who have overcome obstacles, realized their ambitions, achieved in their lives. Um, I think that's what we need to see right now, don't you? I absolutely do. And I can't think of a better note to, to end this on because I think I think you said it and uh, it's just it's a superb historical book and um, and people need to be going to read it. Annie Garthwaite, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely. Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? And um, as I said earlier, I think this is a book that's going to be winning a lot of awards that we're going to see a lot of. The story of Cecily it has just begun and the story of this book has just begun. So, wow. Um, there we go. So now on to the next book. Oh, and I haven't even told you what the other books are that I'm covering. I failed you. I failed you. So as well as Cecily by Annie Garthwaite, we have got Exit by Belinda Bauer. Uh, Win by Harlan Coben. Um, we've got Is This It by Hannah Tovey. We've got Girls Who Lie by Ava Bjorg uh, Agisdottir. We've got The View Was Exhausting, and this is by two authors. We've got Michaela Clement and on Julie Dutta. And then we've got We Are Animals by Tim Ewins. Um, and so let's just get stuck into the next one. So Exit by Belinda Bauer. Quite a few of you on the Facebook group have been raving about this book. And I just thought, no, I've got to do it. And actually, I listened to it on audiobook and it was brilliantly narrated. Um, here's the blurb. Meet Felix Pink, the most unlikely murderer you'll ever have the good fortune to spend time with. When Felix lets himself into number three Black Lane, he's there to perform an act of charity to keep a dying man company as he's taking his final breath. But just 15 minutes later, Felix is on the run from the police after making the biggest mistake of his life. Now his world is turned upside down as he must find out if he really is to blame or if something much more sinister is at play. All while staying one shaky step ahead of the law. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, yes, it, it, it's a, is it a crime book? Is it? Yeah, it is. It's a crime book at its heart, but there's a lot more to it. Um, it's just I think most people would enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a good one as well to do as a book club because I think there are various talking points that arise from the book um, that could make it one that that would be good to cover. Actually, I, I can imagine that working really well. I just think it's a brilliant book. Really loved it. One of my favourites. Excellent. Um, and I haven't read any other books by Belinda Bowen. Shame on me. I need to go and read them because if this is anything like her other books, then I don't know why I haven't been 
I haven't been reading them and I need to rectify that uh, mistake immediately. And also the book's got this brilliant bright green cover. It's great. So, yeah, top notch. Excellent. If you like crime, um, if you like a good tale, then I think you would really enjoy Exit by Belinda Bow. Very, very good. Um, now we come on to Harlan Coben Win. Now, if you... Uh, if you are a book fan, particularly of crime and thrillers, you will know the name Harlan Coben. And you will, if you prefer watching TV a lot of the time, then uh, there's been the series The Stranger on Netflix and, and other ones all written by Harlan Coben. So let me read you the blurb for this book called Win. Over 20 years ago, heiress Patricia Lockwood was abducted during a robbery at her family's estate. Patricia escaped, but so did her captors, and the stolen items were never recovered. Until now. On New York's Upper West Side, a recluse is found murdered in his apartment alongside two objects of note, a Vermeer painting and a leather suitcase bearing the initials WHL3. Windsor Horn Lockwood III, or Wynne to his friends, doesn't know how his suitcase or his family's lost painting ended up in the dead man's home, but he's interested, especially when the FBI tell him that the men who kidnapped his cousin and stole the painting may still be at large. The case has baffled the FBI for decades, but Wynne has three things the FBI has not. A personal connection to the case, a large personal fortune, and his own unique brand of justice. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was it. So I have to put that down. Sorry. Side effect. Side effect. Why did I say that? Noise effect. Come on, Philippa. Come on. You can do it. Um, it yeah, it wasn't it wasn't his best um, because some of his, I think, have just been mind blowing. But it's a really good read and it's got enough sort of twist to keep you thinking, oh, my goodness, I wasn't expecting that and reading it um, and, and the good ending as well. So, yes. I think, oh, can I say it? I preferred Exit more than I did Win, but I still think Win is is a good book. And actually, that's the first time I've read the blurb because I just bought it because it's Harlan Cope and I just thought, yeah, this is going to be a good book. Um, he doesn't let you down. It's just, as as I say, not every book can be as good as, as the rest. And this one isn't doesn't get first place of his best books but it's a good book it's a good read I don't think you'd be disappointed you wouldn't put it down and say well that was a waste of my time no it's a it's a good book I enjoyed reading it so that was Win by Harlan Coburn now we come on to Is This It by Hannah Tovey um, and Hannah had very kindly sent me this book to to read um, and it's it's just it's a nice read it's nice light it's not a crime or a thriller or anything like that it's um, you know, we used to call them chick lit, then we used to call them women's fiction, then we used to call them uplit. Uh, it's just nice. Is that? And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's a nice, light, fun read. And sometimes you need that as a break from the others. Um, so here's the blurb. Employed. You have frequent nightmares about your job. Single and ready to mingle, swiping through Tinder while your best friend shops for engagement rings. Living your best life, renting a tiny smelly flat which costs £3,000 a month. Sound familiar? Meet Ivy. She's not just a hot mess, she's a walking disaster. The only man in her life is the pizza delivery driver and she puts more effort into binge-watching Netflix than her dead-end job. But that was the old Ivy because last night she switched her phone off, peeled the salami from last night's drunken takeaway off the carpet and made a list. A list that changed everything. The new Ivy has a proper job. She goes on dates in fancy wine bars. She's discovering that all those inspirational quotes about faking it till you make it were right. 
until Ivy meets Scott. Curly-haired, sarcastic, sexy Scott. Is this man the real deal or a ticket back to drunk crying and Netflix? Is this job worth having to wake up at 7.30am? Is this yoga class even giving her abs? Is this it? And I don't think there's much more I can say to that. I think that summarises it, it, it all. Yeah, if you want a crime thriller, this book is not going to do it. And if you want something that... Um, sort of rocks your world yeah okay this book isn't going to do it but it's just a nice light as we say a nice um palate cleanser between heavier stodgier meals um and sort of summer reading it, it's a good book for that will we get a summer by the time you're listening to this i don't know if we'll be allowed even to leave our back gardens but anyway however your summer holiday is going to be I think it's a nice, light, entertaining read. Um, so that is, Is This It? by Hannah Tovey. Now, the next book, Girls Who Lie by, and I pronounced this so badly at the beginning, I hesitated and I should never hesitate. I'm just going to go with gusto. Ava Bjorg Aegis Dottir um, and Girls Who Lie. It's just, it's a super book. If you like sort of cutting Icelandic fiction, um, then this takes it to another level. It, it's the iciest of Icelandic fiction, I, I think. Um, it, here's, here's the blurb. When single mother Mariana disappears from her home, leaving an apologetic note on the kitchen table, everyone assumes that she's taken her own life until her body is found seven months later. Clearly the victim of murder. Her neglected 15-year-old daughter, Heckler, has been placed in foster care, but is her perfect new life hiding something sinister? 15 years earlier, a desperate new mother lies in a maternity ward, unable to look at her own child. The start of an odd and broken relationship that leads to a shocking tragedy. Police officer Elmer and her colleagues take on the case which becomes increasingly complex as the number of suspects grows and new light is shed on Mariana's past and the childhood of a girl who never was like the others. Um, I think it's I think it's superb writing and I think it allows you to take crime, translated crime to another level. Um, it's got the twists and turns that you like. It's just, it's sophisticated writing. I thought it was really good. I'm certainly going to look out for more. And I'm hearing more about uh, this author as I'm going along. So clearly the um, the, the news, the, the sort of ratings and reviews about her, the, the, the tempo is building up. The tempo, what am I talking? Well, you know what I mean. People are starting to really talk and rate her. Um, and I think it's well deserved. And I find it very interesting to read translated fiction. And uh, yeah, I think it's really good. It is second in the series. Um, and uh, I just thought it was it was a, a great book and one that... Um, one that I'm going to, yeah, the first book was called, let me think, The Creek on the Stairs, which was amazing. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see what other books this author pulls out the bag because, uh, yeah, takes uh, takes Icelandic crime writing to another level. So we're going to have to come up with a new term, sort of Icelandic crime fiction. It, I can't even think of something, but it needs to be, it's another level. That's what I'm very badly trying to say. Um, and then we come on to another one. We've got two more to go. You've been so patient with me. Thank you so much. And The View Was Exhausting by Michaela Clements and on Julie Datta. This book is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, the, but it's really, it's really good. This is a palate cleanser as well. 
but there's a lot to it. There's more to it. So here's the very short blurb. The greatest love story of the year. In the glamorous Saint-Tropez, fame, their kisses write headlines, truth. Their fights break the internet, love. Nobody needs to know it's not real. So you meet these um, two characters who are stars or, well, one's a star, one's a sort of a wealthy, well-known person. And their publicist arranges for them to be seen to be dating each other. I mean, we've seen it all in the magazines. We know it happens. But to actually read about it and hear just how much these situations are managed, you know, there's even a, a cross where where they should stand when they have their date that's supposed to be secret from the press. But of course, all the paparazzi are there. Um, so it was interesting in that respect. And, and again, I it told me more about what goes on. Um, in those sort of glitzy scenes. And I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was going to be more of a sarcastic look at the life of a celebrity. But actually, in a way, it delivers that, but less obviously. Um, and I, th I think it's a really good story. And I think a lot of you would enjoy reading it, actually. It is light um, and it is it's not uplift. It is. I don't even know what genre this is, um, but it is a lighter read. So if that's not something that you're looking for, that's fine. But if you're looking for a lighter read, but with a bit of backbone to it uh, and some interesting characters, then this could be for you. So that was The View Was Exhausting by Michaela Clements and on Julie Data. And now we come on to the last book, and this is called We Are Animals by Tim Ewins. And Tim sent this book to me and I've been meaning to cover it. Um, and I'm going to read you the blurb and it might be that this is a book that sounds like it's something that you'd be into. So here we go. It's a different one. So are you ready for that? OK. A cow looks out to sea, dreaming of a life that involves grass. Jan is also looking out to sea. He's in Goa, dreaming of the thief who stole his heart and his passport 46 years ago. Back then, fate kept bringing them together. But lately, it seems to have given up. Jan has not. In his long search, he has travelled the world, tangling with murderers and pickpockets and accidentally holding a whole Russian town at imaginary gunpoint. Now he thinks if he just waits and does nothing, fate may find it easier to reunite them. If only he can shake off an annoying teenager who won't go away. But then, perhaps an annoying teenager is exactly what Jan needs to help him find his old flame. Featuring a menagerie of creatures, each with its own story to tell, we Are Animals is a comic odyssey with shades of the hundred-year-old man, a quirky, heartwarming tale of lost love, unlikely friendships and the mysteries of fate. Um, yeah, and I think that sums it all up, really. I uh, think it's got a very interesting cover. You've got this, um, obviously, the, obviously you've got the title and the author's name on, um, but it's uh, bright blue and then you've got all these different animals in different colours. And it's just something mind-bogglingly different, I would say. Um, so again, I think what, what you've got here in the selection of books, I'm going to go through them again in a minute, is um, a a variety, hopefully something that suits your taste. I mean, we've had The Incredible Cecily by Annie Garthwaite. That is a historical book um, and, and one that's going to be uh, leading the pack. Um, we've had Exit by Belinda Babb. That's just a great crime book um, and is already doing really well. And if you haven't read it, I, th I think you'd enjoy it. We've had Win by Harlan Coben. Um, 
uh, another another really good one, a good thriller. Uh, we had Is This It by Hannah Tovey. Um, again, a, well, not again, a lighter, um, a, a getaway sort of a book. We've had Girls Who Lie by Ava Bjorg Aegis Dottir, uh, and that was a great sort of cutting Icelandic crime book really good we've had the view was exhausting by michaela clements and on julie data and that's um a lighter book but a lighter book with a bit more guts if that makes sense and then we've had we are animals by tim ewins and that's a completely different book so we've covered a lot as always and i'm so excited about talking to you again because then it's all going to be you know recording just the week before and i'm interested to see how that works and if that delivers more benefit to you because that's what it's all about um so let's see how it goes so look after yourselves i'm now going to enter the time machine and um and i'm saying i'll talk to you again next week but it'll be in two months time oh my goodness i hope i'm still alive by then anyway look look after yourselves and i'll see you very soon take care now bye bye you've been listening to the quickbook reviews podcast that's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.